Amen. Take your copy of God's Word and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, as we look at verses 18 through 25. In almost every aspect of this season, you hear a sense of joy, whether it's through the music, whether it's through the conversations, whether it is through the gathering together of families, you sense that time of celebration and joy. And perhaps that is the reason that many of us consider this to be truly one of the most wonderful times of the year, one of the most beautiful seasons that we have. And yet we recognize that while we have all of these blessings, while we have all of um, the family that we're able to gather with, while we have the relationships that we enjoy and the blessings of this life, we recognize as well that this season exists because there came a person, Jesus Christ, that fulfilled his mission for us. And that is the reason, at the root of everything else, that is the reason we have joy today. Listen to this account as Matthew gives it to us once again, as he proclaims this message, this mission of joy, as he speaks about the Christmas miracle. He says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to, your, to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The miracle of Christmas. It was the miracle of a moment. It was the miracle of a mission. It was the miracle of a man. Think of it as you read through this passage once again. We've read it so many times and we've talked about the birth of Jesus, but think about again just the miracle of a moment. All of us have special moments in our lives, don't we? Things that we think about, special moments that we've had. Maybe it is when we were preparing to graduate and we finally walked across that stage. That was a great moment in our lives. Or perhaps you defended your dissertation or perhaps you hit the winning shot at the high school basketball game. Perhaps it was just a job promotion you got. Perhaps it was a wedding. It was you, you're getting married. Perhaps it was a birth itself. Perhaps... It was as you put your sights on a 10-point buck. (laughs) There are some special moments that we have had in life. There are things that bring us joy, and we have celebrated that specific moment. But as I read Matthew's account here, he gives us a moment that not only defined an individual's life or a family's life or a community's life, he speaks about a moment that really defined the whole of 
the world's population and how we could relate to God. He says, now the birth of Jesus Christ. The birth. The word that is used there is the same word that's used in verse 1, which speaks about this event, the, the whole Christ event, the coming, the moment of the Christ of Jesus. Certainly, specifically talking about the birth around Christmas. But he talks about the miracle of this whole moment, this decisive moment when God sent his one and only son. And he did it at the precise time. He did it in, when the fullness of the time had come for this one to be born. Oh, God's timing is unlike any other. If you were here Wednesday night, I shared just a little bit about how God's timing is always the right timing. Timing is everything, right? In the way you have conversations and you speak to people, in the way you have relationships, you understand that timing is everything. And here, it is the precise time, it is the right moment for the Christ to come. And notice, surrounding this moment, the miracles associated with it. It says in verse 18 that after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. In other words, she had gone through this formal process. They had gone through the engagement, but now under Jewish custom and culture, there was this betrothal where basically it was like you were married. You did not live together. You did not have any kind of physical relationship, but you, you were betrothed. And for about a year, you would remain in this way. And it says, this is where Mary was. This is the status of Mary and Joseph of this time of betrothal. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. That here in this miraculous moment, in this miraculous time, that God chose to work to defy all biological reason. And that the Holy Spirit overwhelmed Mary. And produced within her, conceived within her, a child. To remind us that this Christ that's coming is unique, that is unlike any other person, that he would, he would be divine. That yes, he would be human, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. He'll look like us, and he'll talk like us. Well, he might not talk like a Tupelo Mississippi boy, but he would, he, he would have all the features of humanity, and yet he would be divine because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. This miraculous event to set aside this man for the mission. And then Joseph, it says in verse 19, her husband, being a just man. Some of your translations may say righteous. It doesn't mean that he was perfect. It simply means that uh, he was attempting to do the right things, the right way in life. And it says, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But verse 20, notice the miracle of this moment. But while he thought about these things... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What a miraculous announcement. I mean, we've gotten the news that we knew we were expecting in different ways, right? We knew that we were going to have a child in different ways. Uh, let's see, I've got, we've got four Leslie, that's right. We have four children, 
and every way we found out that we were going to have another child in, in just a different manner. I remember, for example, when we found out we were going to have Rhett. Um, Leslie had actually gone in to see the doctor uh, for a cholesterol checkup. Was that not the case, to have the cholesterol checked? And um, one afternoon, I'd come in. It was a Thursday afternoon. I remember very distinctly. Walked into the living room. The phone rang. Leslie picked it up. I could tell she was talking with the nurse on the phone and was saying, look, everything looks good. All your blood work looks good. And, you know, congratulations, you are pregnant. We, we actually had planned, our plan was for two children, right? But God had other plans for us, which is awesome. I give you nothing for my four. I love my four children. But I remember that. And I looked at her, and she looked at me. I walked outside. I stood in the middle of the street for a while just to see God's will for my life and what he might do. Then I came back in and she said, I guess you understood what they said. And I said, yep. The reason I've been outside for this long time just to contemplate. You know, some of us get it in different ways. We've heard, but notice here, an angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord to punctuate the miracle of this moment. An angel of the Lord comes to Joseph. Joseph, who is ready to, to put her away silently. I mean, he is a righteous man. He tries to do things the right way. But look, all, all biological reason would say that she has been unfaithful. And he is, trying, he is trying not to disgrace her in some sense. He's trying not to perhaps even bring an end to her life. He's trying to do the right thing. And God intervenes with an angel. The angel of the Lord says, Joseph, understand that which has been conceived within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. The miracle of this moment, something happened, something occurred in this Christ event, in this birth that was unlike anything ever before. You might call it Unique, one of a kind, unique. I like that word. I remember when I was in high school there in Saltillo, I had this uh, teacher that could teach just in a wonderful way. And I remember him talking to us about certain words, how certain words you cannot use um, these comparative forms. For example, you couldn't say something was more dead than something else, right? Now, I know we do that sometimes, but if it's dead, it's dead, right? You're not more dead or mostly dead. It's kind of like a square. You're, you don't have something that's more square than... It's either square or it's not square. That's that word unique, one of a kind. It's either unique, one of a kind, or it's not. Well... I know some try to go, it's more nearly unique, perhaps. But I love this story, and I love that word unique to describe it, because this is one of a kind. That this child is conceived 
by the Holy Spirit that this child is announced that this child is brought to life by God himself. This is the uniqueness of the person of Christ. And the moment, the, the miracle of this moment. Well, notice it says in verse 21, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Didn't have to have an ultrasound here at this point. The angel said, it's going to be a son. And this is what you're going to call him. Understand, this is Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Because there was the miracle of the moment of the conception of the Holy Spirit working in Mary's life and declaring that. But then there was the miracle of the mission itself which was rooted in his very name, said, you will call his name Jesus. Jesus, uh, a form of it, a form of the word Joshua as well, is associated with this. It literally means Yahweh is salvation, or God saves. His very name stated the mission for which he was to come. He was to come to save his people. Now, Matthew writing to a primarily uh, Jewish audience, at least in their, in their ethnicity, they claimed their Hebrew Jewish heritage. He was trying to say to them, remind them that this was the one that had been promised. In verse 18, he was called Jesus Christ. He was Jesus the Messiah. Remember, since... Those young Jewish boys and girls, since they were so young and growing up, they would hear about this one, this Messiah, this Christ that had been promised. He was the one that would come and he would lead the nation back to its greatness and to its glory. He would be able to restore the very glory of David and Solomon and the nation would see once again the power that it had once experienced. That's the way they believed. That's the way they were taught the Christ, the Messiah, to long for him, to hope for something that would be better. And here they would hear the words, he will save his people. Well, obviously those, again, from those Jewish backgrounds probably would naturally identify, hey, that's us. But thankfully as we continue to read his revelation, we understand that his people are not limited to an ethnic group. I am thankful, I am thankful that God's salvation and his work through Jesus Christ has extended beyond one racial classification. I am thankful that somehow that message has gone beyond a certain territory or geography. But today we understand on this side of the cross and on this side of the resurrection, we understand that we are his people. We are his people. And he came to save us. Why? Because we were utterly lost without him. 
We were utterly lost without him. You know, it's bad to lose things. Getting older now, I'm starting to lose things more frequently. If you uh, try to call me in the next day or two, you probably ought to try to call at the office. My cell phone is somewhere in East Carroll Parish in the woods (laughs) toward the Mississippi River today. We might have a little field trip tomorrow if you want to come. We'll take the temple bus over there. We'll have you go. and It'll be a delightful evening. We'll feed you. It's bad to lose things. But it's even worse being lost. When you don't know really where you are, where you're trying to find your way, And especially when you're spiritually lost. When you have not been able to find your way on your own. And and, and get this, you never will be able to find your way on your own. Outside of the work of Christ Jesus. And may I remind you this Christmas, that as we sit in this place, every one of us, every one of us has experienced lostness. I'm afraid that we get so grown in our Christian walk, or at least we think we do, that we've matured so much that we forget there was a day in which we were lost. We need to be reminded that every one of us in this place, we weren't necessarily as bad as we could have been, but we were just as bad off as we could have been. Lost and separated from God. And yet what happened was we experienced salvation. Through whom? Through Christ. Through Christ alone. He came. His name reflected the mission itself, the miracle of this mission, that he was coming to save his people, but his people would extend beyond the borders of Israel. He would come to save. He would come to provide forgiveness. Notice it says he will save his people from their sins. This Jesus, to save them from their sins. Later on in Jesus' life, he'll have this moment where he performs, where he actually uh, forgives an individual's sins. And you will remember the religious leaders looking around and saying, Blasphemy, how in the world could he do? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus never argued with their premise, by the way. Who can forgive sins? Only God. Only God can forgive sins. You can come to me and I can forgive you for what maybe you've done to me or I can forgive you for what you've done. But only God can bring forgiveness of sins. And Jesus said to them, well... You're concerned about whether I have the power to forgive sins. If, um, if I need to show you the power and the strength that I have, what I'll do is I'll just allow this man to walk. And as he walks, it will demonstrate God's power, not only to provide physical healing, but to provide spiritual healing. Because, see, only God can forgive, 
the point was Jesus was God. He was divine. And that is the reason he claimed such authority. And here it says that this man, this Jesus, his mission will be to save his people from their sins. Because he was divine. The miracle of the mission. The mission which had been proclaimed, as I have mentioned, for many, many years. In verse 22, Matthew, again speaking to this audience that had claimed their Jewish heritage, he said, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. This is to all fulfill the purpose and the mission of God. Because God did not begin his salvation plan simply with the birth of Jesus. God, the Father, had been working his plan through all of the, for all eternity, through all the Old Testament, through all the prophets. He had been preparing. He had been getting ready. He was preparing this way of salvation. He had been working. Jesus was not simply a quick reaction to a problem. Jesus was the only solution. And Jesus, for all, for all of eternity, God the Father knew exactly what he would do with his son by providing salvation and forgiveness. And Jesus, which had been prophesied, which had been spoken about, he came. Behold, I like that word. Matthew uses it 62 times. Behold. Because at this moment, at this time, the Christ child has come to fulfill the mission that had been given. God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And took to him his wife. I think it's tremendous obedience upon Joseph's life. That he would listen to the message of God. And that he would obey. Literally he arose. And he obeyed. And did not know her. Till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name. Jesus. Because the miracle of the moment and the miracle of the mission that God was coming to save, it culminated in the miracle of the man named Jesus. I'm still astounded by this. I've been preaching some time. I've been studying the scriptures. But I'm still astounded. That the God of the universe, with infinite power and infinite knowledge, that he would humble himself in such a way to come to this earth and take upon flesh. Because when I say it's the miracle of the man, remember, the man first was the baby. The baby. What is more vulnerable than a child, a baby? Now, 
it, it's, it's been a little while since um, our children um, wore diapers. Thank you, Lord. It's been a little while since we had to do certain things. But do you remember a baby? Yes? It, it's like you've got to do everything for them. You, you realize that? Some of you hadn't had babies yet. Do you, you just get ready. You've got to do everything for them. You'll hear them in the night cry. It's not like you can holler out and say, hey, go get your own bottle. <laughs> well, you might try it, but it won't work. I promise you. I tried it a time or two. <laughs> Got to take care of them. Got to feed them. They're, babies, they're so fragile and they're so dependent. Get this. The God who created you and me. The God who created the world. The God who created the stars and the sun and the moon, the God who created all, humbled himself in such a way that he became a baby. And he was dependent upon a young teenage girl named Mary. And this earthly father named Joseph to care for him. But that is the lengths to which God is willing to go to provide the salvation for his people. Well, that might not have ever crossed our minds to do something so incredible. The God we serve would go to any length to provide the salvation that was necessary. And just as Adam, the first Adam had sinned and had fallen, it would only take a second Adam, a second individual of flesh and bones that could remedy the sin problem. So he came. We call it the incarnation. John 1 says that the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us here as matthew reminded us of the isaiah 7 passage which had a double fulfillment of prophecy he had said this emmanuel is god with us he came and dwelt among us the miracle of the man fully god fully human came lived a life as a baby and as a child and then as a man he died on the cross for us and he rose that third day what a tremendous miracle of salvation that was provided family i would say to you today as we come together as we think of christmas let us not miss the miracle of the moment of where God intervened in history to demonstrate his glory and to provide for us forgiveness. I hope that you will not miss the miracle of the mission, the whole purpose of Jesus coming 
was to provide salvation for his people. And if that is the mission that he has given, that is the mission that he has provided, oh, how we should declare that mission to the nations and how we should provide or speak of his forgiveness and salvation. I hope that this Christmas, I hope that this Christmas, in the midst of your celebrations and your joy, that in the midst of it, you will not miss the miracle of the man himself. Jesus, the God-man that came for our blessing and our benefit. May we see him, and we may we see him not only as the child, but as the Savior on the cross and as the Lord of the resurrection. And may we celebrate him and praise him and give him glory because there is no other like this man named Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, God, we are so thankful. God, we are so grateful that you saw us in our sin and that even in the midst of our sin, you loved us. And you sent your one and only son, the creator, to become a dependent child, to live a perfect life, to humble himself even to the death of the cross. Thank you for the initiative that you've taken. And thank you that today we know that this Christ that we serve, that we worship, that he is the living Lord through the power of the resurrection. God, this day in this place, I pray for that one which is lost. Lord, they've heard of the Christ of Christmas. They've even celebrated it in different places, but they've never come to a full knowledge of the Son in their lives. Oh, God, would this be the day that they would come and accept the gift that you've offered. God, for those of us who are saved, may our hearts of gratitude overflow today. And may we worship you, the Christ of Christmas. And may we recognize the miracle that you have obtained. We pray it now. In that saving name of Jesus, we pray these things.